0: For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa. And like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.
1: Gospels, two Gospels. How many Gospels are in the Bible? Think about it. How many Gospels are in the Bible? Now, before we go any further, I'm not talking about the four Gospels, the story and the history of Jesus' earthly Ministry. I'm not talking about the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, the Gospel story of Jesus. I'm not talking about that his history. I'm talking about the gospel of salvation. Now, yes, the gospel of salvation was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But there, is there another gospel? Is there possibly three gospels? Maybe four gospels in the Bible. Now, what we you you may not understand uh, that the gospel means first of all good news the gospel means good news correct but I guess the question I'm asking what gospel that say what is the gospel that saves today is it the gospel of the four Gospels, or is is it the Gospel under the, the letters and the teachings of the Apostle Paul? What Gospel that will save a lost soul today? What Gospel should we be proclaiming for salvation today? That's what I want to talk about in this conclusion on spiritual obesity. Spiritual obesity. Welcome, everybody. This is Joseph Brownlee, the host of Body of Real, Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Important question. This is a very important question that I think a lot of churches seriously Need to check themselves and their hearts about the, the gospel that the, the term gospel for salvation. Uh on my last show I talked about the the two most important uh things that a believer should know is the gospel of salvation and the forgiveness of sins. Who can be forgiven? And the gospel of salvation. <clears throat> if you go back to my previous show, I, I basically led off with a, uh, a short ups, excerpt from Trey Searcy, one of my teachers, one of my mentors from Truth Time Radio. And then I came back uh, uh, not only with a somewhat of a critique what he was talking about, but uh, his title was Sin is Dead. And forgiveness, unforgiveness is taken care of. Sin is dead, and sins are forgiven. Something like that. I, you might you can go back and check it out, but it's something like that. I forget because I don't have the notes or nothing like that. I'm just in a whole new different platform here. And uh, and I started off. I I, I followed him. I piggybacked on him on the differences between the forgiveness. In the kingdom program, under the messianic program, uh, under the law, compared to the grace program. I told you there was two ways God looked at forgiveness. If you remember, I was saying it was two ways that God looked at forgiveness or accepted a person to be forgiven. And I'm not going to go through all that again. Because if you don't get it by now, it's because, like I said yesterday, you don't want to. Because I made it as plain with scriptures, as plain as I could about the forgiveness, how to be forgiven in both of the dispensations. The dispensation of the kingdom of heaven compared to the dispensation of the grace of God. Okay. So I feel I don't have to keep going over that. I don't have to because all I got to do is look at the uh replay, the podcast, and the show as many times as if you want, as you want, if you just download it and you're keeping the stuff like that, or you just leave a comment and say, you want me to resend it? But anyway, you should have some type of basic view or understanding the differences of how God forgave people uh, and the two programs, the kingdom program and the grace program. That's a lot of confusion that's in the denominational churches today. Okay. Wrong program, they had to sacrifice, they had to repent, they had to confess their sins. They had to believe that Jesus was their Messiah and their Messiah and their King. Israel. The other program was under grace. You believe by faith. You only had to believe what Jesus done for you, which is his death, burial, and resurrection. First Corinthians fifteen, one and four. The sins was already forgiven. All the world's sin was already forgiven. And Paul's program under grace. All sins were not all forgiven under Peter's program in Jesus' earthly ministry. You, you see, okay, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit feedback now. See, one program, sins, had, forgiveness of sins was conditional. You had to do something. It had to be some type of works. One program was Conditional the other the other program was unconditional one program required works doing something to please god the other program the grace program did not that's the simple difference between the two gospels one gospel acts 2 and 38 you have to repent of you repent for the remission of your sins be baptized in water and then be filled with the holy spirit see Repent, baptizing water. The other one, you just have to believe by faith of what Jesus did, his death, burial, and resurrection. Acts 2.38 compared to 1 Corinthians 15.1 and 4. See, two different gospels. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven, the gospel of the grace of God, are those two different gospels. See, a lot of this has to do with spiritual obesity. Because the majority of the churches, the majority of the traditional churches that the majority of us was brought up in and breded in, follow the kingdom program way of salvation. Not only that, the majority of the denominational churches also hold on tightly to the forgiveness program of the kingdom that you have to repent of your sins. You have to be forgiven First. To be saved, the majority of traditional churches follow that format. Okay. That format is a true gospel, no doubt. But is it the gospel for us today? That's what the, 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 the confusion is when you look at salvation and forgiveness today. That's what the confusion is. One is when Jesus died on the cross for many, the others, and when he finished his work and went into the heavenly places and he revealed to Paul that he died for all. You see what I'm saying? The many was Israel, the all is for everyone, including Israel. See, forgiveness under the grace program, under the teachings of the apostle Paul today There's no sin charged against no one. Jesus was the final sacrifice for sins under grace. There also, there's not any law either. So whenever there's no law, remember Romans 4 and 15. Whenever there's no law, there's no transgression. So God is not charging no one uh, for their sins or counting anyone's sins against them under this administration under this dispensation under the teachers of Paul. See, the kingdom program is the total opposite. God was judging man for their sins. Man had to sacrifice. Man as Israelite, Israel had to sacrifice. They had to believe who Jesus was. They had to sacrifice. They had to confess their sins. They had a condition away for their sins. They can die with their sins. And go to hell because of their sins. Under grace, no one goes to hell because of their sins. They go to hell because of their unbelief. Because there's no sins charged against them under the grace, the gospel, the grace of God of the Paul. Okay, so that's what I tried to explain. I'm mostly all through the series, especially of the last two shows. And I'm trying to my listeners to understand. It's up to you to p- go back. And search it yourself. It's not nothing hard, hard for you to find. Like I'm going to continue to say this. And I know it aggravates you. And I want it to. The only reason you don't want to see it. And you don't want to believe it. Is just because you don't want to accept it. Now when I say you. I'm talking to the you's that know what I'm talking about. Not the ones that say okay I see it. I'm talking to the ones that just refuse to just say, no, no, but, but it's more, but. I'm talking to the but people out there, the B-U-T but people out there that always have some type of buts. You have to do something. See. All right. What I'm going to do right now. I'm going to read a couple of verses from our Apostle Paul. And, uh. And then I'm going to end it because I want to get into some of Paul's ministry, the the uh, what a church is supposed to be following today. Okay. Now, when I'm going to read the book of Galatians. Galatians is one of uh, the Apostle Paul's earlier letters. You know, this is a letter to the Gentiles. Now, there's Jews around for a reason. But this letter is to uh, the Gentiles, which the Bible calls the uncircumcision, and they call the Jews a circumcision, okay? So, let me read Galatians, and then I'm going to try to elaborate uh what's going on here. If this don't open up your eyes, that's just going to confirm what I've been, I-, I believed all the time. You just do not want to accept it. Because when I was talking about yesterday when verses and scriptures are plainly taught and plainly said there is no excuse excuse i can understand with some parts of the scripture uh especially king james literature and lingo and language you cannot understand or some things are symbolic in the bible you cannot it's hard you have to really connect the dots to bring it all together but these verses I'm finna read are very simple are very simple if it was taught in school it would be very plain to people in school of what's going on. You see what I'm saying? What's being taught and what's being, you know, what's being taught. See? And we as believers that's filled with the Holy Spirit have no excuse. If an unsaved person can resist, whatever translation it is, if an unsaved person can resist, see? There's no and understand what it's saying because it's that simple. There's no reason that you, you can't understand it and you don't see it. That, yeah, there is a reason. It's just you refuse to believe it and you refuse to just accept it. In other words, you just disagree with it because of traditional beliefs. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's read Galatians 1. Paul, an apostle. Not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the Father who raised him from the dead. now, first of all, let me talk about what Paul said he's an apostle, not of men, he said he was not sent by any man, he was not ordained by any church, he was not ordained by nobody see he 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 puts, he's specifying that Paul an apostle, not of men, neither by man. He's not apostle by man. He wasn't sent by no man. This who he was sent by. Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Now, that's the gospel right there. A lot of Paul's uh lingo in his letters basically put emphasis on Jesus being raised from the dead. That's the teaching of the cross. See, Jesus being raised from the dead. Paul never teaches about Jesus being the king and the messiah. None of Paul's letters is most is based on Jesus being raised from the dead. Okay, verse two, the book of Galatians and all the brethren, which are with unto me with the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you and peace from God, the father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, two of the triune, the Trinity, God, the father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now, verse 4 says, who gave himself for our sins. Okay. Now, as a believer, is is Paul talking about only the believer's sin right here? If you go back to the Gospels and you know Jesus died for all mankind's sin, is Paul only talking about the believer's Save people's sins right here. Who gave himself for our sins? Or is he talking about the whole world's sins? See? Now, let me try to break this down very slowly. Who gave himself for our sins? Some people will look at this and say, well, there you go. He he gave himself for the believers, for the saved. No, he gave himself. We are our, our, anybody that's in the world no matter who it was, Christ gave his life for their sins, meaning the lost and the saved. See, now Paul did not say he gave himself for uh, the ones that were saved sins. No, he said he gave himself for our sins. Our is like a plural. It means our means it's it's the whole world's sins. The only difference is these followers believed him and got saved by believing what Jesus did. But nevertheless, all sins have still been forgiven. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in that. OK, verse four, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us might see not say he will. He might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our father. Why did he say that he might? See, he's like telling them why Jesus died for the world's sins, that he might. He's not telling them, you, the ones that's already saved, the believers that he's talking to, he's not telling them that they might. They're already saved. He's just giving a background history story that Jesus died on the cross for the world's sins, that
0: they For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa, and like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.
1: from this present of the world. The ones that's already saved don't have to worry about this message just for the ones that's not saved. You have to read in what the language is talking to. You can't just get traditional and just say, okay, he's talking about only the believers. Yes, he's talking to the believers, but it pertains to the whole world when it comes to getting saved. These are already saved. It's just like I'm telling you a story. You already got the job. You already set, but I'm giving you an example how to get the job. I'm saying in order for you to get this job, I'm telling you the story. You know, I got to do this for you to get this job. It's just like you in a board meeting they're breaking down how you get the job. The ones in a board meeting at that meetings are already hired. He's just giving an example what he done for you to get that. You know, he's not so much talking to you because you already met the requirements to get that job. He just giving you an example for everybody. You understand that? Okay. hope I I broke that best way I can. All right. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse six. Now, this is what I want. What I want to get to. Verse six is very strong. This is a, this should be a, a revelation revealing about two Gospels. This is there's no better explanation uh, in the word of God about showing you an example of two different Gospels, two different Gospels. So I'm going to read quite a bit and then I'm going to stop. OK. Uh So let me just get right into it because I can take a long time being over analytical. So let's go to Galatians 6. I marvel. Marvel means I am surprised. I am shocked. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, let's read this again. Verse six. Paul is talking to believers that were saved under his gospel, the gospel of the grace of God or the gospel of Christ. OK, I am surprised that you are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ. Remember, I'm surprised you got saved by my gospel. You got saved by. I'm just putting the lame, you know, more uh, plain term. You got saved by the gospel of the grace of God, by believing what Jesus done. I am surprised you are so led astray by this other gospel or by another gospel. After all, I have told you the way to be saved. And you still is getting led astray by another gospel. That's what Paul is saying. See? All right, let's go to Second which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and should pervert the gospel of Christ. No, it's not another gospel. That's what Paul is saying. There's only one gospel, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. He didn't say the gospel of the kingdom. He said the gospel of Christ. Let me continue reading. But though we this is very powerful. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse nine, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. I don't even have to keep I don't even have to keep going back on that. If any man. Paul is telling you preach any other gospel than the gospel that he's preaching that was revealed to him, him or an angel from heaven. Now, you're going to have an angel back in ages to come in ages to come. He will be preaching the gospel, the uh, the everlasting gospel. Which is another gospel we not talked about earlier. How many gospel? You got two terms of gospel besides the the gospel history Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You got the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the grace of God. You have the glorious gospel and the everlasting gospel. There will be an angel, in the last days and the angels to come preaching, proclaiming the everlasting gospel. But that's in the ages to come, in the future during the tribulation period. See. So there will be an angel preaching the gospel. Just say if that angel came back then preaching the gospel, that angel will be accursed. See, because there's only one gospel. That's the gospel of the grace of God, which Jesus revealed to the apostle Paul. Verse 10, for I do now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Um, Verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. you go again. It sounds like he's boasting. No, but he's just telling you a fact. The gospel that Jesus revealed to him is not after man. And he put an emphasis on that. This gospel was only revealed to him. No man did not know anything about this gospel. That's why he keeps saying it's not after a man. Nobody taught me this. This was revealed to me. It was a mystery. It was revealed to me by Jesus Christ. That's what he's uh, labanly saying. Okay, Twelve. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, like I just said. But it was it was by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay, This is Galatians uh, one and twelve. Remember, for neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, no man, like he's saying, he keeps saying this over and over. He keep repeating. I was not taught this by man. I got this by the revelation of Jesus Christ. He revealed it to me. I'm just obeying the orders of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who revealed this gospel to me. See, verse 13. For you have heard of my conversation, conversation, the King James said conversation or, well, in other words, that conversation, you know how what I used to be, what I used to be like in a time, in time past. I used to be the way I lived in time past. I was one of the Pharisees. I was under the law. That's what he means by that. For you have heard of my conversation or the way I used to live in time past in the Jewish religion. How that beyond measure, I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Now, what church was he persecuting? Remember, the church is used three different times. The church he persecuted was not the body of Christ. It was the kingdom church. It was the kingdom church that was persecuted. Okay. All right. Fourteen. And profited in the Jews religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my father's. Fifteen, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. Sixteen, to reveal his son in me that listen to this, that I might preach him among the heathen. Okay, let's read 16 again. Let's go to 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace. To reveal his son in me. See, God already knew he was going to use Paul or uh, before Paul was even born. See, God knows the past from the beginning and everything. He already knew he was going to use Paul, even if Paul didn't even know that. Okay. 16. He used Paul, what? To reveal his son in me. Me, meaning Paul. That I might preach him among the heathen i remember when the bible talks about heathen especially king james bible is it's talking about the gentiles when you hear heathen the uncircumcised, dogs and stuff like that remember it's talking about the gentiles the gentiles the other nations uh any nation that's not a jew is talking about the gentile nations so God called to the preaching among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Now what do he mean he, he did not confer with flesh and blood? He did not confer nobody that was in a human form. He didn't confer with no man. That's what the king james term mean flesh and blood he didn't need to confirm to no man you get the you see flesh and blood we we have flesh we live in the flesh and our body and we have blood so when you hear the king james term flesh and blood it's just talking about the human nature man nature He's just talking about a human. That's all. He didn't confer with no man. That's what he means in verse 16, flesh and blood. 17, neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which was apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. Now, who was apostles before him? The twelve, especially the leaders. The leaders was Peter, James, and John, or James, Peter, and uh, John, whatever order it was. See, those was the somewhat leaders of The church, the kingdom church, the apostles. That's why you don't hear much about the other apostles. But you hear more for Peter, James, and John, because they was more of the leaders of the rest of the apostles than the rest of the church, okay? seventeen. Neither I went up to Jerusalem to them, which were apostles before me. Who was the apostle before them? Peter, James, and John, and the other ones. But I went into Arabia and returned again into Damascus. 18. Then after three years, meaning he spent three years in Arabia, so after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him 15 days. In other words, he stayed. Abode means he stayed with Peter 15 days. But other other apostles saw I none. In other other words, he said, I didn't see the other apostles. But James, the Lord's brother, he only one apostle he's seen. He didn't see the other apostles. He just seen one other apostle besides Peter, which was James. Now, verse 20. Now, the things which I write unto you, behold, before God. I'm not lying. See, he had to convince them. Because you got to remember the Jews was under the law. They was under a very strict kingdom program. They only knew one gospel the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. See, they only knew one way to be saved. They knew only one way. So I can understand what Paul said. I'm not lying to you because they never heard this before. This is outside the kingdom message. See, and you know, they know how strict God is about his ways. But they're shocked They they trying to sneak this other gospel is and and he's trying to convince them. I'm not lying. This is uh, this was revealed to me and it was hard for them to accept them. Just like it is today, many churches is hard for them to accept the teachings of Paul because it's not the same with the traditional gospel. The same thing today. All right, let me continue. 21. Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face into the churches of Judea. In other words, they did not know who he was, not as a believer anyway. They only knew him one way, which is going to be explained, which were in Christ. But they had heard only that he which persecuted us in time past now preaches the faith which once he destroyed. They only knew Paul or Saul, but Saul used to persecute them with the kingdom church, not the body of Christ. Now, I want to go ahead. So, all I'm gonna skip a little bit through two. It took about 17 years for Paul to get through all this from his time from Arabia, at least about 17 years to get through. Now, let's go to. um. Let's start at verse two of Galatians, two and two. And I went up by revelation. Here we go again. Remember, here it is. I went up by revelation. He went up by, he was, he went up, he was led by Jesus to go. It was, he went up by revelation. It was revealed to him to do this. That's what he is saying. I went up by revelation and communicated, listen to this, and communicated and I talked about unto them that gospel. See, you see how he just differentiates his gospel, how he differentiate the gospel he's talking about compared to other gospels? He's putting emphasis on that gospel because he knows it's not the same as the kingdom gospel. I went to and I communicated unto them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles. See, the gospel that I preach, I preach only among the Gentiles. See? The gospel that Paul preaches among the Gentiles, OK, but privately, listen to this, to them which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. He let them know he had to confer with Peter and let them know about this certain gospel. See, why we have to why would he have to do that? Why we had why would he have Paul have to confer with the leaders? He didn't, want to, he didn't want to interfere with what they was doing. See, they was called to go to the circumcision. He didn't want to interfere with them. He had to let them know what he was doing about this gospel he was preaching. It's not the same gospel that they was preaching. It's going to be told more plainly later on down the line. But neither Titus who was with me being a Greek. This is verse 3, 2 and 3 of Galatians was compelled to be circumcised. Check this out. Verse 4, And that because of false brethren... Unawares brought in who came in privately to spy out our liberty. Liberty means freedom. They didn't like the freedom Paul and them had in Greece. See why? Because under the kingdom program, it was so conditional. They was under the law. It was almost like they was walking on eggshells under the kingdom program. But it was something about that freedom that Paul and uh <coughs> that Paul and Titus seemed like they had such a freedom. They were so free with their gospel. They had a certain liberty. See, you understand? So liberty means freedom. They didn't like that. OK, who came in private to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. They wanted to bring them back under the law. That's what it was. They wanted to bring them back under the law. Verse five, to whom we gave place by subjection, not for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Verse 6, but of those who seem to be somewhat, now he's talking about Peter and them and the leaders, whatsoever they were, it make it no matter to me. God accepts no man's person. In other words, God don't have any favoritism. See, that's what Paul is saying. For they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. In other words, for they, who's the day? Peter, James, and John. I believe he's talking about Peter, James, and John. Those was the leaders. Paul also called them the pillars, meaning the leaders of the church, the kingdom church. Mean nothing. Meant nothing to him. What he was called to do has nothing to do with Peter's new program. Nothing Peter knew. What they're doing, they don't have nothing to do with Paul doing. This is a calling for the apostle Paul. This is what Paul is actually saying. Seemed to somewhat what it didn't make no difference what they thought, and it wasn't no difference how angry they got. It did not make no difference. See, because God called him to do this. That's what Paul is saying. See. verse seven, but contrary wise, check this out. This was, they all agreed, but contrary wise, when they saw that the gospel, this is what I'm talking about. Pay a close attention to this. Okay. Listeners, but contrary wise, but when they saw that the gospel, after Paul explained it to them, you know, so they can know what's going on after they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision who's that? The Gentiles, was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision. Who's the circumcision? The Jews was unto Peter. Two different gospels in your face in verse 7. These are two different gospels. This is what I'm talking about. It's outplaying. When they saw, who was they? Peter and the other apostles. That the gospel of the uncircumcision That's the gospel of the Gentiles. Remember, uncircumcision means the Gentiles was committed or was given to me as the gospel, the other gospel of the circumcision, the Jews, wasn't to Peter. See, two different gospels. You see that? Do I have to read it again?
0: I don't think so. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa. And like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.
2: Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today.
1: All right. Verse 8. For he that wrote effectually in Peter. Check this out. For he... Verse 8 in Galatians 2 and 8. For he that wrote effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mightily in me toward the Gentiles. Peter sent what Peter's message was to who? He was the apostle to who? The circumcision. Now, who's the circumcision? The Jews. He was the apostle to the Jews. So what Paul said, the same way God sent Paul, Peter to minister to the, gospel of, to the gospel of the circumcision, which is the Jews, this same God gave to me another gospel to go toward the Gentiles. That's what verse 8 is talking about. Two different gods. Now, this is just when they just agreed. The leaders of the apostles is explained here in verse 9. And when James Cephas or Cephas, Saphas is Peter, when James Cephas or Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, now seem to be pillars. That means they seem to be the leaders of the church, the rest of the apostles perceive that the grace that was given to me, they gave to me and Barnabas, the right hands of fellowship, that we should go into the heathen. Here's the other name for the Gentiles, the heathen, and they into the circumcision. That's plainly said. They shook hands. See? They shook hands. That's what, that's what Paul means about the right hands of fellowship. That just means we shook hands and we agreed. Paul said, I go to the Gentiles and you continue to go to the Jews with another two different Gospels. If it was the same Gospels, they wouldn't have to separate. If there was pre- if Peter and Paul preached the same Gospel like many churches and many believers, believe and say why did they split up? Why didn't Paul just join the twelve? Why did God send Paul only to the Gentiles while he continued to send Peter and them to the circumcision? Why didn't God just didn't use Peter and them to go to the Gentiles? Because there was two different gospels, two different messages. I'm gonna start right there. I don't have to read no more. Just that right. And there's many other verses and many examples in Paul's letters that. And when you verse by verse comparing with Peter's letters and the four Gospels, you can see that the messages are different. And they are different for a reason. Like Trey Cersei always said, they are different because they are different. <laughs> That's why they're different, because they are different. Duh, they are different. But traditionally, traditionally, we have been told that Peter and Paul teaches the same gospel. Traditionally, we have been told that because we've never been taught how to rightly divide the word of God. I read that for you could just look in Galatians and read the whole book of Galatians. I'd rather you do that. It's very deep. It's one of Paul's earliest books, earlier books before he went to prison. You know, one of his, uh, what you call it, pre-prison books. One of his earliest books before he went to prison. See, and read the whole book of Galatians. Because I don't, I I believe you just get more when you just read the whole books of not certain verses. But just from one all the way to three breaks down the two Gospels more than any of his letters. See. And these are his earlier Gospels. See? So you miss so much when you don't read Paul's letters, Romans through Philemon, his 13 epistles, his 13 letters. Church, you miss so much. Okay? Spiritual obesity. That's a big part of spiritual obesity. Obesity. It's the conundrum that's going on in the church today, a very confusing conundrum, confusion going on in the church today because the church, don't they're wrongly dividing. They don't know how to rightly divide the Word of God. I did not know either. I used to be there, too, about the grace of God. I've been red-peeled. My eyes have been opened about what God's Word is really saying. And I'm doing more teaching in body of Christ real talk. So usually I only do this type of teaching on connecting the dots, which is for the saved only, for a deeper uh, understanding of God's words, for the ones that have their spirit has been made alive, has been quickened. But I believe I may have, I don't know, I may have more believers that listen to body of Christ's real talk than unbelievers. I don't know. Because I, I never get feedback or whatever like that. So I'm just believing this, you know, because of the hits that I get. Either way I go, I think I will be missing out if I don't still do some type of Bible teaching. Even when it comes to worldly events, I do a little teaching about the word of God when I'm doing services. Because I believe I may have a majority of the saved people that listen to this show. See, I give an altar, not an altar call, but I give a, a a chance for someone to be saved on Body of Christ Real Talk. Maybe uh, more than I do on Connecting Dots because I just assume that everybody's saved, which I shouldn't do. That is bad to assume that I listen to my Bible study, or my Bible teaching show. So I'm going to start just giving a salvation call on all both shows Body of Christ, Real Talk and Connecting the Dots because either way it go whether you're saved or you're unsaved I think it's my duty to just bring the word of God and then if you want to be saved and know more and then we'll go further in that So, and this is for my believers so you can, you can get some type of understanding and some of the things that I'm talking about is just plainly said that an unbeliever can get it Can get it, all right. It's just the deep spiritual things that an unbeliever would never be able to discern. Now, people get this confused like a person that's not saved can read the Bible won't understand and that it's it's quite a few things that can be understood by the unsaved. If it was not, then they ain't no way they can be saved. They can understand the basics of how to be saved, the basis of how to be forgiven. You know, stuff like that and Jesus dying on the cross and stuff like that and the history of the Bible. You got you got You got Bible people that's not saved know the history of the Bible, but they're not saved. They just know the history. They don't understand the spiritual aspects because their spirit man is dead. So it is a lot of things in the Bible that the unsaved can understand. So God didn't leave it that it was so spiritual that no, but if they was not able to read the Bible, they would not be able to be saved. Because there's going to be a lost person that picks up a Bible. And God, only the Holy Spirit knows their heart. And when they read it, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal it to them. See? And make that spirit alive for their eyes to be open. See? They can read the salvation message. They don't have to be spiritually quickened and made alive just to read the salvation ma- message. But they be quickened and made alive after they believe it. They just have to believe it. You see what I'm saying? They don't have to be spiritually alive to read it. They just have to believe it. That's when they be, become spiritually alive, quickened. You see what I'm saying? So some religions make things so complicated. They do like the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church felt like they was God. They was the only one that can rightly interpret their Latin Bible, which has plenty of errors in it. And that's why they kept it from everybody else. See? They felt that they were so holy, they could only want to interpret their Bible, which wasn't a full and inherent word of God anyway, and word of God anyway, but they feel they was the only one that could. OK, now I might be getting out of track, but all of this still has to do with spiritual obesity, trying to get you to detox yourself from the old traditions and denominationalism in your church. OK, that's why all I'm trying to do in this series. This is leading to the conclusion. The next time, Lord's willing, I'm going to get into more uh, teachings, letters and teachings on the Apostle Paul and where you really belong if you are saved. Or when you do get saved, you will not be in the kingdom program for the unbelievers. You will be in the grace program, the body of Christ. You will be the new creature, not the born again church. Israel, you will be the new creature. The fulfillment and the born again church hasn't come to fruition yet. The new covenant hasn't come to fruition yet. See, all that will happen after the body of Christ is gone, which we have nothing to do with the tribulation. We have nothing to do with the millennium kingdom reign. We have nothing to do with none of that. See, we're going to the heavenly places where they reign on earth. Now, will we be here, be able to come down on earth too? I'm sure the Bible doesn't talk too much about that, but I I, I I'm, I'm, we probably could be going back and forth. I don't know. I don't know that much. I'm not going to speculate, but I know our destination as the body of Christ is in heaven, not earth. And the heavenly places for the body of Christ while the born again church and the other nations will be here on the new earth, not the old earth. Remember the old earth and the uh, old heaven going to melt away, going to be destroyed. There will be a new heaven and earth will reign in the fullness of times. See, we're going to reign in heaven. Israel going to reign on earth. Okay, this has is going to be. All right. Now, for the ones that's not saved, you have a chance to be saved. If you have been keeping up with me, uh, with my shows, not only this program, but my other shows, you know, I go over and over how to be saved. But I'm always I'm going to always uh, believe that somebody's new is listening to this podcast and never heard the true gospel. I never heard the true gospel of salvation. The true gospel of salvation is faith alone. It always has been faith alone since over 2,000 years ago. What do I mean by faith alone? It's believing, not confessing. It's about believing, not confessing, not repenting, which means changing your mind anyway, but it's not nothing has to do with that. Not being baptized in water see not doing all that and then being filled with the Holy Spirit you're not you don't get saved by Acts 2 and 38 gospel and it is a gospel but it's not the gospel for today you get saved by the 1 Corinthians 15 1 4 gospel see now you say well what about my sins don't I have to repent of my sins no you know what sins I know that sounds funny, but what sins? No, those sins, what sins are you talking about? Now, that's how God sees it. What sins? Those sins, your past, present, and future sins already have been dealt with over 2,000 years ago. And I explained that earlier. So the sins is not your issue. See, in order for you to be charged with sin, God has to have the law back in place, which means Jesus died for nothing. See, where there is no law, Romans 4 and 15, there is no transgressions. See, whenever there's no law, God's law. You, see, you understand? Jesus took care of all of that. There's no need for the law, especially under the Gentiles, because the Gentiles, the nations was never under no covenants. Anyway, the Gentiles was never under no law. Anyway. You, you, you follow me. I hope you follow me. So, your sins is not the issue. Now, that don't mean you just go sinning anything. Doing Sin is still, you're still going to suffer the consequences of your sin acts or your sin news because you're in that sinful nature. You and I both. It's just God is not counting it against you but you will still suffer the consequences even up to death for some people but God is not counting it against you that's, the, that's what it means and also because your sins have been forgiven does not equal salvation you're not saved because you've been forgiven that's why a lot of people go into hell even when their sins forgiven because your salvation is based on your belief not on your sins Under this dispensation, it wasn't a kingdom program, but not under this dispensation. So the only way to be saved today, if you genuinely with a contrary heart, not just flipping it out your mouth, but with a belief, because God knows your house, you can't fool him. You can't fake your, you can't fake Jake your way to heaven. See. It's believing genuinely in your heart what Jesus done. You have to believe it. Not believing that you was forgiven. You just have to believe that he died for all that he died for your sins. You have to believe that. Not the forgiveness part. There's a lot of confusion in the church with that. You don't have to believe that you was forgiven. You just have to believe that Jesus died for your sins. You have to believe that Jesus died for you. That's what you got to believe. Not the forgiveness part. Believe that he's died. He was buried. And the ultimate of all, he rose again. For all mankind's sins, it's a finished deal. You have to believe he done that. Not believe that he forgave you of your, that you're not forgiven. That's a done deal. You have to believe that he done that for you. If you don't believe that, you you are forgiven, but you will still go to hell. You, am I making it clear enough? So it's about believing that he done it for you, not believing that you was forgiven for your sins. You have to believe that he died and he was buried and he rose again for your sins and salvation. That's what you got to believe. That's why it's faith by grace alone. You do that, you believe that, then you'll be saved. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Now, before I go, I made a previous announcement on the other show, other or oh, the oh, I talk country right now. A previous announcement on the other show, I've been doing quite a bit of studying on uh, MDD, this uh, mysterious uh, disorder that I grew up having over 50, 50 over at least fifty years of my life. I struggled with this problem, which has a name. Now found out the name this year. Uh, MDD. MD means melodactive daydreaming. Melodactive daydreaming. And, uh, it's a disorder. They don't consider it like autism and, uh, OCD and ADHD and stuff like that on, uh, neurodivergence and stuff and all these other strange names they made up. It's just been given a name by this, uh, psychologist named, uh, Ellie Summers from Israel. Uh, reasons being he gave the name and everything. You know, melodactive just mean an excessive daydreaming. Extreme excessive daydream. That's what melodactive mean. See? You have adaptive daydreamers, these just people that just daydream. That's normal. You know, they don't have no issues. They they uh they could uh they can deal with what's going on in society. They're just regular daydreams. The majority of people on the world, uh, in the world daydream. You can, you can go on a bus and in a car. People daydream all the time. So
0: I don't want you getting mixed up on For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa. And like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world, and now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.
2: Selling your car to Carbana is as easy as...
0: As easy as pie?
2: Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or bin. As easy as a stroll in the park.
1: According to the study, melodactylus is a person that's in extreme daydreaming until he just almost feel like he's just in the meta world himself. That was my struggle. That was my struggle growing up, and it was no name to it then. It's been around because it, it then, but nobody understood it. They just assume if they did uh, because it doesn't have a lot of traits and things that you can, you know. Autism and all that other stuff was was more discovered than not this, and this is kind of new to a lot of psychologists the The symptoms are not new, but finding out what it is and what causes it is new. so many sadly to say psychologists don't want to touch it and they don't want to mess with it. I don't know why, and they don't understand it. They could break down autism, but they can't break down MDD because it's still fresh to them and new to them. So the ones I uh, think of like Ellie Summers and others and, you know, ourselves that struggle with it, ourselves, because we are our best testimonies the one that struggle with it mentally. Uh, we are the ones that's trying to help each other because a lot of psychologists are not going to do it. So we're the ones that are trying to help each other. It's like a family, a group of us that struggles with this, saved and unsaved, that struggles with this, you know. And, uh, trying to find out the answers and stuff like that. But what I'm finding out uh, was bothering me. What I'm seeing in a lot of groups on YouTube and uh, Facebook and stuff like that, mainly from the younger ones. uh, And people have their own choices and everything like that. I'm like this. Many, and you might disagree, I'm like this, anything that's abnormal I don't think you should try to covet it I don't care how good it feels because it's going to hurt you in the long run anything abnormal that feels good and makes you feel good I don't think you ought to covet it what I mean by that I don't think you should try to babysit it and hold on to it and purposely use it for creativeness now that sounds good and it might be good for some people but when it comes to, uh, this MDD, and I gave you a story of me growing up, when it comes to MDD, now did MDD hurt me physically? No. The majority of the time it made me feel good. Because I was the creator, I was the editor, I was the director. I can make it any way I want to. I can stop it. I can do this. I was in control. It was never in control over me, in a sense. But that I meaning, I can turn it off and turn it on when I want. So that's the difference between when a uh, uh, melodramic daydreaming and schizophrenia, or what they call is disassociation. Disassociation mean you out of your body. You don't even know it. You just gone. And somebody, it was almost like that movie uh the world of uh Walter Mitty. uh that's like meloduct of daydream but he was just gone and they had to snap him out of it no this is different you are control you plan it see the 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 stories and the things that I've done in my uh fantasies I planned it and they just come over me some triggered it yes but I made a movie out of it uh or I'm created a character or stuff like that and everything. Okay, this MDD is so uh mysterious. But some people say it's cool at the same time, the young people. And most MDD strugglers struggles have nothing to do with drugs, they're not on drugs. And that's the difference between MDD and other things like uh Bipolar That happens to people later on down the line Because of some drugs Or something like that Or some tragic Or whatever happened Or whatever like that MDD A lot of people Was never on drugs See They was never on drugs It was just something That happened Or whatever See that's the mysterious part That we don't know When it comes to MDD You are uh, Ellie Ellie Summers breaks it down as well as any uh, scientists and I'm sure psychologists and I'm sure it's probably others out there as well when it comes to maladaptive daydreaming. But I noticed only from one young lady, Sister in Christ, I noticed when the psychologists or even the ones that struggle with it like myself come up with solutions and they have very good solutions and stuff like that of what they go through. You never hear nothing about spiritual things. What I mean by that, could some of this be demonic? Could some of this be from the enemy? See, as a believer, as a Christian, I have to go there. I just can't look at it in a scientifically man-made, you know, or trauma. Because many doctors don't know why this stuff is going on. Could this be some type of ploy or some type of something that Satan has put out there? Because a lot of people didn't have no trauma. A lot of families showed a lot of love to uh, kids and stuff like that and done a lot of things for And they still wind up having some type of mental issue, whether it's outside or whatever. So what's the real corporate uh, pull of this? I don't know. It could be spiritual. It could be demonic. So that's what I'm talking about. We have to be careful. Well, not we, because I don't entertain it. And I'm 85% clean now. You know, I'm, I'm in control. I don't need it no more. It's boring to me. It's boring to me. Why? Because I do other things. I, I'm more in touch with reality now. Since I have been saved, thank God, I have a better person now. I, I know myself now. I know Joe now. That don't mean I'm 100% clean. But I'm at least 80 to 85. I know myself, I'm happy with life now. I I I'm I I'm finally getting reality now. See? I accept myself now. I don't need no characters. I don't need to rewrite soap operas and rewrite basketball games or rewrite friend faces and stuff like that no more. See, I have come to the point that I love reality now. Better than those dreams. See, that's me. But there's others out there that are struggling and they don't understand it. So they entertain it and they try to say, yeah, it's cool. I don't. They don't know if they want to get rid of it or not. When it's like that, now when uh, uh, a daydreamer that's maladaptive, it, it's an issue when it takes up the majority of your life and your day, you don't eat. You might not go to school. You might be failing in classes like me because the majority of your life, 60 percent of my life, I was into my maladaptive daydream, my MDD. That's why I never finished school. That's why, And 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 things like that. But also, people need to understand. I know I'm talking about this a lot, but I'm, I want to get into more of this. Whoever's listening to me, you might people might enjoy it and it might be very creative and it is and it make you think a lot too you're very creative and everything you know like i said man i was my dreams have to be close to perfect man you know and stuff like that but what people need to understand what's the the con is to how much it takes from you in life and how much it drains you mentally And I'm afraid that some youngsters might get into it so much that they might fall into something even more deeper like disassociation or schizophrenia and never able to come out of it. It might it lead some people to drugs and drinking like it did to me. I'm sure I had no doubt because my sting was so low. I got the drinking. I got the drugs. I was never I was I knew better than that. But I was so closed in those drugs and a hat made me feel more part of the crowd and made me feel more real. But at the same time, I got even deeper in my MDD and those cabbages really came to life then, man. So it's like a drug. And when you high, it even comes more feels more good. That's the con. So I'm, I believe it's more con than pros. No doubt. So I don't think people need to entertain that. But I'm, I'm seeing that in these groups. They're liking it. And they are talking about, what about your dream? What type of dream? And they like, they having fun like little kids. And I understand. But they got to understand this is something, this is not cool. This is something you want. So if somebody really want to deal with this, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dealing with the ones that want to keep it. See? Because you walk on the thin line, you have an enemy out here that will use that, if he's not using this already, to keep you in another world, see? And a lot of these people that are struggling with this, you know, it keeps them even from God. They make their own God. See, it's a selfish thing because you, you are in charge it may, it gives you power. You kind of get an ego too. It gives you some type of power, you know. When you don't, when you you, you don't understand it, it, can hurt you. But the ones that's been doing it for a while, mature. We know better. We know, hey, this is not normal. I don't want to do this. So that's why I want to get into this. That don't even the ones that listen to me now have no idea what it is. MDD. Look it up, please. I'm serious. Look up MDD. Melodactyl Daydreaming. It's going to shoot up all on Google. It's going to shoot up on YouTube and stuff like that. Now it's a fad. You know something about anything good or bad starts a fad, it starts a trend. So if you look up autism, you have so many people shooting up, confessing that they have autism. Most of them spectrums like me. What do I mean by spectrum? That means we never been diagnosed by a psychologist. But we have the traits and we have the actions. We are maybe autistic, but we never been diagnosed by a psychologist to confirm that we was autistic or ADHD or MDD. You see what I'm saying? That's what the spectrum means. And I use spectrum a lot. When I say spectrum, I'm not saying I don't have it or do. When I'm saying I'm in that spectrum, I have the symptoms because I've only done quizzes. I've done the tests and stuff like that, but I've never seen a psychologist. That's what I mean by spectrum. So you have a lot of uh, people on YouTube, and I believe the majority of them do struggle with MDD, autism and stuff like that and panic attacks and whatever like that and anxiety but whenever you start something like that it starts a fad and then you're going to have your people that's saying that they got it or they're going to start a YouTube show and next thing you know they're going to start selling someone start selling t-shirts and stuff like that then it becomes a little marketing thing man and that's the danger man that's the danger that I feel is going to happen with MDD and a lot of this stuff the enemy will use anything for his glory. You start glorifying autism and MDD and stuff like that. You know, you start raising, people might start having fundraisers and people start sending them money. You have to be careful because I know it's a little group out there that don't really have it. They're going to use this fad and this trend, just like they do diets, just like they do uh, businesses. It's always going to be somebody that hold on, whether it's good or bad, going to start a fad of something. So, we as uh, that struggle with MDD or any type of disorder, whether it's from, uh, whatever, uh, whether it's from drugs or not drugs. I'm talking to the ones that struggled for a long time and get into this real deep daydreaming. Excessive daydreaming. Not just daydreaming. These are for excessive daydreaming. Well, anyway, that's what I want to get more into. I'm going to, uh, lord Swilling, uh, looking forward to doing this ebook my first ebook is going to be the story about me so i'm going to use a lot of material out of my podcast and i'm going to make an ebook and i'm going to get it out there you know for the persons that want to uh hear my story in the ebook and everything like that some of them i'm going to give out free and some of them i'm going to sell you know and stuff like that. So, I will be getting to the ebook thing, digital online ebook. I'm training for that now, you know, because I want to use that also for the glory of God. See, uh, teaching uh, Bible study materials, little short pamphlets, and stuff like that, you know, and stuff. I'm going to be doing that, Lord's willing. You know, so I have a lot of things I want on my plate because we're living in the days now. That's, it's a lot of censorship. It's a lot of anti-Christians, a lot of stuff like that. More people are struggling. They're pushing more things on us and everything. Now, I'm a, I'm a, it's a lot of technology has advanced so much. You don't have to do as much no more to get your stuff out there. You know, many people are against AI. And I know why they got a legitimate because AI go, is going to be used by Satan. But you forget the technology of AI. You can also use it for now for good. See, you can use it for good. There's a lot of good that can be used by AI. Remember, there's a lot of good. Anything that the enemy tried to use for evil, you can use it for the glory of God. That's that's my point. So you don't have to be so frightened of AI. I can understand why. You don't have to be so frightened of it because AI is going to be used. And I believe a lot of uh, in the last days, AI is going to be spiritually controlled. You say, how, man? Man, you don't know the power of spirits. (laughs) Some people are so limited. They don't touch the spirit realm. They limit it. They won't go that far. They won't let themselves. They so, as the far as they go of science, they won't go. They don't go as far as the evil. So they're talking about aliens and stuff all day. But when it comes to the spirit realm with angels and demons, they just won't go there. But they will believe in aliens. That's the trick of Satan. I have no doubt some of those aliens people seeing are demonic because they know people believe it. You believe it enough, Satan going to manifest it. See, my point is the tech the same technology you might be against. Try to use that for your good to advance yourself. Now don't worship it, don't get caught up in it, and don't let AI do everything for you. That's when it becomes excessive. Just like daydreaming, it becomes excessive. When you use it too much, it can become excessive. There's nothing wrong with using it, it's when you just overdo it and you become obsessive with it. As a believer. And you ask AI, you start reading AI, asking AI to read the Bible to you more than you read the Bible yourself, then you got an issue. That means it got a hold to you. You need to be careful. And it's not for everybody. See? You have to be careful. But use it for some good history or whatever like that to help you use grammar better stuff like that. Use it for that way to advance in that way. Like I'm like I do. Okay? All right. All right. I'm not anti AI. I, use, I look at AI as just another advanced dictionary for now. But I know like anything else, even the plain old computer is going to be used for evil. But for the time being, use it for the good to better yourself and for the glory of God. But don't let it take over you. Don't worship it. And I'm talking to believers. OK, I'll be getting into that more and I'll keep you updated on that. And plus my diet. But I'm finna go right now for the time. But I love you all. I thank you for putting up with me, uh, in this body of Christ. Real talk. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Until next time, I love you. And remember, you do not have to be uh, forgiven first to be saved. You already have been forgiven. Now you have a chance to be saved. God bless you. Until next out, next time. Peace out. Love y'all. Bye bye.
0: For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. I was raised near the diamond mines in South Africa. And like every Mervis, diamonds are in my DNA. The history of diamonds in Africa and of the Mervis family run together. As kids, my brothers Kenny, Zed, and I rode our bikes on the mine dumps. At night, we'd listen to my father talk about the diamond mines. Today, Mervis still operates in Africa. This gives Mervis Diamonds the advantage. We import the finest diamonds, cutting out the middleman, so you save. Mervis Diamonds are amongst the best in the world. And now they're available for less than you think. Mervis Diamond Importers. It's like going to the mines yourself without getting dirty. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.